Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ton of different fandoms, Song of Ice and Fire, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time, DC, Marvel, and more. Well, if you're looking for a birthday present, Christmas gift, you got to check out Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. Katie and Jordan have a big selection of stickers, earrings, keychains, art prints. Uh, they got bookmarks for the reds and the greens, so you can choose your allegiance or even go big and get a full-on hanging banner for your favorite Westeros house. Whatever you're into, you will find a perfect gift for nerds like us at 4 Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's the number four, cats with a K, and you can even use the code BTK10 to get a 10% discount uh, on that for checking them out. So that's code is BTK10. Let's go hello and welcome to bend the knee a song of ice and fire podcast jimmy my friend here here's a question great episode or greatest episode i absolutely adored this episode um last week took the throne for my favorite of the series and i'm gonna have to rewatch this but this is definitely either one or two for me i thought it was paced so 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 well um and i know that it was a little bit of a more dialogue heavy episode and we were jumping back and forth between a lot of different conversations but the way that it was paced in with some of those holy shit moments i thought was just dope yeah you know the last week we were saying man tension's building Okay, well, the tension's still building. All right, we're still we're still in tension building mode, but it went from rising to it's about to explode. And yeah. seeing a little bit of the preview for next week, the yeah, it's going to explode. It's just going to absolutely explode next week. So yeah, this to me was like peak Game of Thrones. This would fit right into this is like this was like a season three, season four, season five sort of like mid-season finale towards the end i mean i think you could stack it right up there there were so many great things not only in just the base level but just small little details i noticed too that we can dive into yeah for sure and you know this is now we're with the cast like this is the cast right going forward uh we don't have to worry about these big longer time jumps where like kids will be growing up and such uh as far as we know at least right uh unless if something gets crazily you know changed uh so for me i feel great about the casting. I really, really like Rhaenyra's kids. Uh, and then Eamon's first words out of his mouth just delivered. I mean, just absolutely. Yeah. Forget Ewan, Ewan Mitchell is his name. And I'm all of the people I watch, like um, Grace Randolph beyond the trailer and then uh, Gray Area, our friend over there, she has um, the early screeners. And they all said the same thing where they're like, this is peak thing. And the one, and the one character they all said, like, you were going to fall in love immediately with is uh ewan mitchell who plays Eamon. and my god it is he is going to be he is just literally perfect for yeah he had a he had a good weight on screen that first line delivered after we see him best christian or Kristen cole i must call him christian cole uh Kristen cole i was just like okay i'm sold on this character already but we get that little like partial standoff with damon at the dinner scene and i'm like this is this is the greens damon 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Very much so. So, and also Rainey's Rainey's is all over this episode, acting her ass off, doing a great job. But to to be honest, I think the MVP of this episode is without a doubt Viserys, Patty Constantine, acting. Crushed it. I mean, oh. this guy deserves an award. <laughs> I I gotta say, my favorite moment in the entire series so far, the show so far is Viserys coming to take the throne from Otto to listen to the dispute. I, Dude, I was yelling at my TV. I was like, Otto, get, get the hell out of there. Get the hell out of there. The king's here, baby. And one of the, one of the details I noticed was when they were prepping him, the light of like the seven was shining on him. Mm. Did you notice that it was coming through the window, coming through the... Uh, which I found interesting. And then, of course, they 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 showed his model that he's building, which is, of course, in the intro. And there was like some smoke coming out of it. And nice. Um, then they had like the bells ringing, which I thought meant like, oh, he's dead like, earlier in the ep- episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, such such a great job. And he's been fantastic this whole season. And, you know, one of the things is a lot of these characters, because there's been so many casting changes you know, Millie Alcock as, as young Rhaenyra was amazing. And Emma Darcy is phenomenal really as well. well, but they're playing essentially like two, you know, different age groups of the character. And Matt Smith has pretty much been the same Damon throughout, mm-hmm. but Patty Constantine has really had to change almost every episode in the <laughs> way he plays this character because he's like, just getting more old and decrepit and angry and then back up and, phenomenal and then at um he gets one last sort of final good goodbye really right he gets to at least because he gets out of there before the fighting happens and the fire and blood we've always sort of thought that alicent kills him right that she was in there reading with him as it says when he passed away and totally different ending for it but it was actually just he just slipped away so his ending now is actually more like kind of good right he had this one final good moment and then he just you know he's just old and gone and he thinks he's telling Rhaenyra like you're the one you're the you're the one and that is his final thing yeah and really him coming and taking that throne from auto shows that like the mystique of the Targaryens like even if he was considered a weak king he was conflicted through his whole rule him trying to make it up the steps and then him looking over and it being Damon to help yeah. him and crown him. Yeah. Um, I got, I'll be honest. I had, te- I had a tear in my eye. I had a tear this, this episode. It's one of this episode, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes we, we sometimes we talk about, Oh, you know, action, right. You know, yeah. we need, we need, we need, you gotta have all the action and then, or we need like great dialogue. This episode did more. I felt like than any other episode, and the whole show has done it well. A lot of shows don't really do this well. Just moments. They, they, mm-hmm. they let the moment linger and happen. And they don't have to have talking. They don't have to have like crazy action. There are so many small things. You know, Ewan, um, what is his uh, name again? Let me pull it back up here uh, just so I get it right. Ewan Mitchell, who plays, who played Amond, he barely spoke, but you could just feel yeah. the weight in every scene he was in with just his posture he was like but when they were bringing the pig out he was just sitting there like he's very like locked in ready to go and it was just so great and then that moment of damon helping him up you know he didn't have to say he didn't really have to say anything but you just show it and with putting the crown on the head was the this show is like is is like drinking a fine wine you just say it's like drinking a port you just savor it and let it, you know. Yeah, dude. And and more so this episode than any of the others, because I, I you know, we've been telling people, you know, the pace has been crazy, but they are going to slow down now. We are now going to get into more personal scenes that are going to have um, less time between them because of uh, less time jumps. Right. And I just think that this episode is a really good indicator of what we're going to be getting. And there were so many small things, like you said, did you see the cobwebs on the on the uh, mm-hmm. model? Right before mm-hmm. we actually see Viserys, who, by the way, looks terrible. I mean, we said every, every oh, week, but he, okay, oh, he literally, he God. actually, I think he actually looked worse than the Tales from the Crypt guy in, <laughs> in today's episode. At least, the, at least the Tales from the Crypt guy has two eyes. Yeah, for real. And him taking off that mask and saying, "I want you to see me. Mm-hmm. I want you to see me for who I am." 
And I was just it like, was, God damn. It was just, it was like watching the dark night when two face turns over for the first mm. time in the hospital. Mm. And it's just like, I mean, literally it's like the exact same thing. It was yeah, great. Dude. I, uh, I was blown away by Patty Constantine this episode and Viserys has to be now, you know, one of the best Kings we've ever seen on a screen on the screen in Westeros. I would say, you know, I'm a big Mark Addy fan. I'm a big Robert Bobby B fan. I might be getting a Viserys uh, spray painting back here soon because just his absolutely delivered uh, on it uh, yeah. on, on Viserys and made it uh, Viserys much better than he was in fire and blood. So what do we think about the new um, Aegon? Who? Oh, what the, a shit. Hey, what an absolute yeah. shit. So he's, he's so perfect for this role, yeah. for the role he's about to play. Uh, we don't, we won't go really into spoilers, but he is just, I'll just say this. If you think, and I've said this before, but I know sometimes on iTunes we've been getting comments of saying we're spoiling too much. So, you know, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll, I'll keep it dialed back a little bit. Here, My wife also thinks so. We spoil too much. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, I know what's coming now. OK, well, I'll, the only thing I'll just, you know, if you think Joffrey and Ramsey are bad, you just wait. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And just in general, some of the heinous stuff that that takes place, you know, we've been kind of hyping it up, but like. I mean, we, we saw what happens whenever you call some kids some bastards and, and a uh, princess a whore. Didn't go very well. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that either. <laughs> I don't think that's in Fire and Blood, is it? I, no. I, I have to go, I have to say, I have to, I have to go not back. Not that I remember. I, like, I don't remember it going down like that. This is actually the first week I haven't read, like reread the Fire and Blood section that I thought we'd be covering. So I'm a little shaky on some of the details, but I'm fairly certain that didn't happen. I, yeah, I, I will was, see in my reread, but but it was it was like wow. And then he just stands there, just stands there with the sword, like what? Disarm I mean, him, like get out of here. Yeah, wow. Not disarming anything. <laughs> I know. Now I'm blank. Now I'm blanking on all the. You know. Wow, you really lost his head there. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> whenever he was like and, and there was some anticipation there whether he or not he was going to say bastards right and then he yells it and i'm like well that's one way of going about this but he was done you know i mean he was cooked rainy's uh which by the way rainy's taking the deal as soon as she walked away from that scene uh my wife looks at me and she goes she'd be stupid not to take that. i don't care how much she doesn't like rhaenyra and i was like yeah it seems like a pretty bad deal if she or a bit, pretty bad plan if she doesn't take it and then rainy's actually does uh, so I was kind of glad that <laughs> Rainey takes the deal because if not, I would have had to question her intelligence. Um, I wonder if Rainey's believes Rhaenyra that she had nothing to do with Lanor's death. Uh, it right. makes it just makes me wonder. And I also wonder how is Corliss going to feel about Damon slicing his brother's head in half? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a big. That's that's going to be big, big, um, big, big in the future and. I'm really because this is like totally does not happen in all the books. I'm really starting to think that there's a reason they showed us last week that Lenor Valerian is alive. Yeah. I just I'm I pretty sure I've, I I I feel now that somebody's going to figure it out. Well, Corliss is like kind of MIA and no one knows what he's doing. Maybe Corliss is out there uh, finding Lenor. Who knows? Uh it would be a little too soon to bring him back, I think. But um, I don't know. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely too soon. But I feel very certain that he is going to somebody's going to figure it out, and that's going to help with that's going to be used against Rhaenyra, perhaps, in legitimacy or hmm. or anything. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that, and if they make any big changes from the source material. Uh, I'd be here for it. I thought uh, Lanor's actor was excellent, and uh, it, you you could really get some drama out of that. I think. Um, what about Rainey's being there, watching the body be put together or, or prepped, and says, you know, it's unfavorable to look upon the dead, and she's like, I don't think this stranger cares whether my eyes are open or not. Right. Damn, dude, that was cold. That was a cold line. Um, I continue to just love seeing her on screen. She's so unreadable in a good way. Very much so. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what house Valerian does going forward, mm -hmm. because I feel like when Corliss comes back, he, it's, there's going to be a split between him and Rainey's. Yeah. Rainey's is definitely going to, uh, she said it's, she has to stand on her own. 
Yeah, is uh, House Valerian's role in the books? They've already gone so far, sort of up away from their the the route that the route that they go. It's going to be really interesting to see what they what they do with them. They also just feel this. way more important on the screen, don't they? Like, mm-hmm. I you know I really believe in that house. Um, and Driftmark, I'm so glad we keep seeing more of Driftmark, like the chair, everything. I think that that's great. Um, I will never get tired of seeing King's Landing. By the way. <laughs> Like coming yeah. up to the gate. And isn't it a, a pretty surreal? You know, we watch eight seasons of Game of Thrones and I keep hearing about the Targaryens, Targaryens, Targaryens. It's still eight episodes into this show. Like sends me for a trip when I see all the Targaryen banners hanging around King's Landing because I'm so used to Game of Thrones show. Right. And it's just like, wow, we really are like in history. And when Viserys and I'm going to keep coming back to this moment because I just think it's the best. Uh, but when Viserys is making the walk to go take a seat. I felt like this is grand epic history. Like I felt like this was real Westerosi history. And I, I can't I can't speak highly enough of that moment. Like that's one of my favorite moments in television right now. Like that is Oh, just... it's it's one of the best, it's by far one of the best moments in all of Game of Thrones that we've seen on screen. I mean, hands down. It gave me chills, man. And and you know, even more so than the big battles and the CGI and the dragons, it was that human moment of like a king past his prime coming to do his duty one last time uh, i'm a mark for that trope like that is something that i love i love seeing it explored and the series uh for all the crap everyone talks about him uh for him to come and just deliver and that was moments was amazing and also like you know all the intimate moments that he had even with allison towards the end which we, we obviously need to talk about but also like him seeing rhaenyra and his grandchildren like it had a weight to it didn't it mm-hmm. it did no it, it very it very much did because this whole season, we've been talking about Viserys and how does he, where would we actually rank him among the kings, right? Yeah. He's not, he's no Megor the Cruel. He's not Aegon the Fourth. He's not the Mad King. He's not as good as Prince Jaehaerys, who came before him, but he's really not bad. Jaehaerys, I mean, he's not, he's, right. Yeah. I mean, he's not, um, well, I don't know. Aegon the Conqueror's. I mean, yeah, you know, right, hey, he yeah, the yeah. way, you know. But I mean, really, under his tenure as king, I mean, we really it's just kind of like the royal family, and then obviously a civil a huge civil war is coming. But I think I he's I think he's pretty I think he's pretty good. I mean, most of the Targaryen kings are awful or bad. <laughs> so I mean, just being decent is already like got you in the upper echelon. Yeah, and the Baratheons didn't have a great showing. Uh, you know, the, the budget no. out of control. Uh, right. So, <laughs> I think he's definitely top five. I think he's a top fiver for sure. We need to do a ranking, by the way. We I should. Think, we I should. We, we should rank. Play. We should rank all that. We that would be a very good one. Re- we should do a ranking. There we go. We could do that. That, that could be a big Patreon episode. But we're we're uh, a little biased now because we saw like Viserys in the books is nothing like this, right? Like like we got like Viserys did this and he did that and then blah he did you know right. The show has just expanded him so much. I mean, oh, how he's incredible. so great. He's so phenomenal. Yeah, he's so good. Now and uh, the final moments. What did you think about that? What did you think about him talking about uh, the prince who was promised with Allison? Well, it's great that they're really building this up because that means it is going to be a big deal going forward, which is awesome because that means it's tying. And this time he specifically, you know, he, he said it last time, too, but I felt like this time he didn't just talk about like the north. Mm-hmm. He's like the, he's he called it the cold. Right. And he's saying Aegon, you know, the, the prince who was promised and he's like Aegon's dream. And so now she's thinking. Because th- he never said Aegon the Conqueror. I think she's thinking like my son, Aegon. And he got introduced and... to another Aegon right. earlier in the episode. <laughs> so now I guess the, I guess the, you know, is, is Allison, you know, is Allison thinking I need to make Aegon King, which she's already talked about. I need to make Aegon King because Viserys has this prophecy and it's my last thing for her. It almost feels like they are doing such a good job of making you like Allison and not just make her seem like the books just make her seem like she's just a terrible human being from start to finish. I thought she was very likable in this episode. She even gives the toast. I mean, man, you know, I'll be honest. That feel good dinner scene did a lot for me. Like I was like, guys, where was this at? (laughs) 
But the family is so dysfunctional. Like Helena's over there spouting nonsense underneath her breath. And then she's like, being a wife isn't so bad. Sometimes he forgets you. Sometimes he gets drunk and then he remembers you. And it's like, like I'm just sitting there laughing because the whole family is just so messed up. Like it's ridiculous at one point that all these people are sitting at the table with all their history, even able to have a like somewhat peaceful dinner for 30 minutes is so impressive, but it's still weird <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to see them all there. I'm going to pull up the uh, I'm going to pull up the picture here of Allison and fire and blood. Just so for, for those of you guys who who've only watched the show, like you can see yeah. it's like she just she has, you know, resting bitch face to say the least. Right. I mean, it's just the way they portray her in the books. There's just there's no possible way I feel like you could have any sort of sympathy for her. And did you pull up the uh, the one from the feast where they're on each it's, side? They're on each side. Yeah, so, I'm pulling so it up good. every time. I, I will say this every time I've tried to go to the wiki after the episode it's like crashing it's crashing because everyone <laughs> i guess I, I guess i can just do this um one moment here someone said viserys actor could win an emmy i agree patty constantine should definitely be nominated i think i mean there's a lot of people in the show could be nominated but i really feel like patty constantine's just like killing it there's allison from the source material <laughs> she's not as nice no she i mean she although i will say my god i mean this artwork was done you know like However, like what two years ago mm -hmm. and i mean it kind of looks like olivia cook it's been five years now it's been five years and, and look at the pendant on her has it been five years yeah because i think fire and blood came out in 2017 i think no fire and blood fire and blood came out in 2000 it came out just before season eight or just after season eight it was november 20th 2018 okay so just before season eight yeah so it's been four years Right. Um, and they kept pretty true to it, didn't they? They did. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's very accurate. And again, of course, we talked about a, a lot of that source material, whatever has been around for a long since time, since like the since the 90s. Um, but yeah, certainly, certainly it's just interesting that this this picture, I mean, my, I, I felt like they could have really done that. But this so this here's the here's the portrayal in Fire and Blood. And we just saw that scene. Uh, essentially and they're really pleasant towards each other different tone. totally totally opposite of what fire and blood has going but their evil seeds have sown into their children and now their children have irrefutable trauma i mean but oh by the way like how traumatic are these kids lives <laughs> like oh they're still, so screwed up this old dude get his head chopped in half it seems like it seems like it's actually not even going to be allison and rhaenyra that kick the whole dance of the dragons off it's going to be the kids and isn't that crazy yes it's wild and, and, it's, and I, it is so different to go back also to what you were saying about Allison and like, where does she go with this Aegon prophecy? They did a lot of subtle and not even that subtle, really, but they talked about her, her religious, her, um, her Jesus, her religious, how religious she has become, right? She's starting to remove some of the Targaryen symbolism, put up things for the seven and all these things. And I think that that does play hand in hand with the idea of a prophecy. Because she feels justified, maybe in a divine right, that she is doing things because she's righteous. So I think that there's like groundwork there for this prophecy to potentially dilute her and for her yes. to really run with it. And also the fact that she loves her kids, like she loves them. Even Aegon, who definitely assaulted the serving maid, which was awful. Right. She said, You're I, no thought, son of mine. I thought I thought I thought she was going to kill him, kill her, dude. Why did we have to see his cheeks? Like they they moved the thing. I'm like Aegon cheeks. Like wow. No, did you did you think that she when she was giving when she was talking to her? See, and that's that's the bias from the books. That's right. You're is, right. Is you read you read the books and it's like Allison is just this terrible person. Like Cersei, or even worse than Cersei, is the way they portray her. And so I'm like, <laughs> she's gonna have this. She's gonna have this girl killed, especially I because last week her, the last conversation we see is her and Otto and Otto saying okay I think you're ready to like you know really yeah. do this and but then we get her and she's no she's still trying to walk the the line of being right yeah when she's drinking I thought for a second we were just going to see like poison a just, or poison but you know it's interesting the handmaiden that was with the queen in that scene is the one we see run to Masaria after back. the dinner Masaria yes. is back I know, and we've been we talked about this earlier. We said, "Is it going to be weird when she came back?" I felt like it was good, but I do feel like people are going to be like, "Who's that again?" The casual viewers are going to go, "Huh?" 
right. which means we need to make a video with a big red circle around her face and an arrow. Who is Masaria? Yes, they, she also she also has not been explained. Well, you better in the show. Perfect YouTube title. There we go, Masaria explained. <laughs> but yes, but I do I do feel like they haven't all they is like wasn't she that girl that was with Damon a little bit and like that's been it. Yes, I agree with that, and I mean she, there's going to be some bigger bigger roles for her to play down the line, but. So now she, I have to assume she might have that information that Aegon committed this act. Yes. This, this lady, I mean, this is the person that's trying to be crowned. I think we'll see that serving mate again. Yeah. Masaria is, remember, uh, for those of you guys who are pointing, like, who was that again? Exactly. I'm sure some people watch this episode, <laughs> like, who is that lady in white? She is Damon's sort of paramour. Um, from like 20 years ago at this point in the show, right? I guess it's like 10. Uh, you see her in episode two. Remember when Damon says he's going to take her to wife and she's upset. And then he's also with her in episode one where um, he can't finish the job. Uh, and now she's and now she's back and she will have a she will certainly have a, a, a role to play. Yeah. And uh, I think it could be really cool. I think they could expand a lot on her character in the show and have already changed some of the things that happened with her. So I think it's going to be neat. And I do believe that we'll see the serving mate again. I do because that kind oh, of information yes. like they showed us that scene for a reason. It's not just to show that Aegon's terrible and Allison is somewhat sympathetic and, and has morals. But uh, I think, you know, maybe possibly down the line when people are making claims, maybe she'll get brought back up. I don't know. I think it could be uh, could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where do, so where do you rank this episode? It's either one or two. Uh, you, I mean, where would you rank it? I, I Where would you rank it all like all time? All time. Well, that's a, that's a hard one. How about this? How about this? This compare stack it against Game of Thrones. This yeah. definitely had more of the pace of what we we saw from like higher level episodes of Game of Thrones, especially in the first four seasons. Um, because, like you said, like you know, we didn't need all this big action. We didn't even need like the really amazing lines. Though we got some, like it was enough to watch Viserys walk fifteen feet to to get right. me standing up off the couch saying, you know, f you, Otto. You know, get out of that seat, you piece of scum. I was, dude, I was fired up. Um, yeah. So for me, I mean, this is like, you know, if you take all of Game of Thrones, it's been a while since I watched it, but I would put this in like that top half, right? <clears throat> Definitely. And for this show, my favorite vibes from an episode, my favorite pacing from an episode. Uh, and for those who, you know, are listening, I do enjoy dialogue heavy episodes. I tend to like those a little bit more than say Battle of the Bastards type things. Not that I don't like those. I love them. Um, but I think that the dialogue episodes are really, really important to build to those points. And we still got some really cool stuff in this episode. So, uh, right. And there's still even bigger, bigger moments dead. that are, that will, dead. that will come, that will come in the future. And it's crazy to think this is, this is also right. You know, again, this show benefits because we, we looked at this months ago, mm -hmm. uh, before the show started. And, we, and I remember looking at sort of, like I went, I went through and I even looked at like production assistants, like people who do molds and embroidery and all this stuff. And a lot of those people worked on Game of Thrones. So from the production side of it, you think, you know, you go back to like season one of Game of Thrones. This is the first time they're working on like, OK, what does the Red Keep look like? What does yeah. the Stark leather look like? This for a lot of these people who actually still worked on Game of Thrones is season nine for them. Right. This is like the ninth year of them doing it because a lot of these people worked on the whole thing yeah of course you know act directors and all that other stuff they they're interchangeable but a lot of time in hollywood the people who do like the special effects and the set building all that stuff they just kind of they bounce all over the place because they, they're not there as often so this is season one of this show <laughs> so it's i mean you know it, it a bigger budget and more time to develop and now these people are more attuned to the role and have chemistry working with each other like if yeah. this is season one i can't even begin to fathom what you know like a even better season two to three could be and and not only that i mean you're 100 right but think about all the hurdles that we had to come to get here i mean people we were nervous about the time jump we were nervous about the actors and actresses being switched out we were nervous about there not being like a lot of fine details, like a lot of stuff could have went wrong to this point. And maybe there was some stuff that maybe, you know, could have went a little bit better, but as an overall presentation and where we are right now, I am, I'm invested. I'm really, really invested. And it kind of shows that the time jumps, even though they're not favorable, they did do what they were supposed to do. They got us to the dance, no pun intended. 
and uh, I've watched I've watched some of the behind the scenes stuff where they were talking about like the tourney, and they said one of the things that hurt them there, why they had to digitize as much as they did, was because COVID restrictions. Like, still, you know, they're yeah. definitely a lot more lenient now, and they, it seems like we're getting to the point to where we're, you know, no masks or any of that stuff is going to be uh, the case here in the future. But, um, you know, some of this stuff still, you think about like early production and all that stuff was still impact. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. by COVID and we've seen other shows that sort of really seem oh, yeah. to to suffer from that like Wheel of Time uh, was was a mm-hmm. show it's very obvious you can see where COVID sort of impacted it so to think that the next season of that will have even less of whatever impact it's caused less here disruptions, it's, yeah. it's insane to, to think of how good this show is already yeah the the, the ceiling is ridiculously high at this point. And I do believe that we're going to see some things on screen, especially in season two. That is like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm so excited to see people who are going into this blind react to this. And I'm excited to see what they think of this episode. Like we got that famous line from the book, you know, my, my cousins are strong. It's like, and, and I kind of looked over because my, my wife is my barometer, right? She hasn't read the book. Mm. She's very much a casual fan. And I look over and she's her mouth open at that just little line delivery. And I'm like, she got it. You know, you know, there has been in the trailers, if you go back and you watch some of the trailers, there's dialogue that Viserys said they recorded for trailers or whatever, where it's like a younger Viserys saying, talking about like, do I choose my brother? Do I choose my son? Do I choose my daughter? So that never happened. Hmm. We kind of thought maybe that would, but that never that dialogue was never shown on screen. I might have to get a Blu-ray player. For all these deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a lot of them from earlier in, in the show, right? Yeah, the the wet the Viserys and Alicent wedding they didn't they didn't L- show. Lena uh in the dragon. We also didn't get to see that, but the Vagar bonding. So there's going to be a lot of really cool deleted scenes and it It does make you wonder like what an extended season one would be like, but I'm really happy where we're at. I'm really, really happy with the, uh, the cast. And I kind of like that. Everyone's, you know, grown up a bit too. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but like, I don't know. I said this last week, but it feels, feels a little heavier now. And I, and I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, no, it does. And now I think we're pretty much done with, with time jumps. I, we may yeah. get we, we might if we get some it's going to be like six months or so but really we're we're kind of diving into yeah like the, the we're here sort of right we're sort and i think the timing uh if i i have to go i have to go look at it the year because i think we were last episode was like 120 and this stuff is around 124 and then like everything sort of ends in like 130 so mm-hmm. i don't i mean Again, they can do whatever they want with that. So we may get like a little bit of a time jump, like, you know, when some battles I'm, yeah, there's are no worries place about later. Being, yeah. Yeah. It won't feel weird because we're not sh- dramatically shifting the cast That's right. around. That's right. Unless unless this goes the route of Game of Thrones, in which case we recast actors like every season, which does happen in television. Right. Right. But there, there were what there were three people who played the mountain. There Daria. were two Beric and Daria. Yeah. The Dario one is. The Dario one is the most egregious. Uh, it, it, well, it's just egregious and noticeable. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the the one nice thing is that we know they're excellent at casting because we're now gone through what three changes and all the cast for me has been hits. And in fact, you know, looking back, I really think the ones that we have right now are my favorites. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, 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 this cast is, is, is so good. And I'm loving Emma Darcy as, as, as Rhaenyra. Although, you know, Millie Alcock is just so. Yeah, she was so great good. too. Uh, Emma Darcy really delivered this episode with a, with more of a range. Like we had to see a softer side, um, even a couple uh, crack smiles. So Emma Darcy hats off. I thought, thought that the role was executed very, very well. Really, really yeah. happy. Really happy with Damon chemistry as well. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Smith. Yeah. Rhaenyra um, and Damon's chemistry on screen is freaking as it's just. Yeah, it's so good. Have you have you been seeing they have um, they've been doing. There's a lot of them. I see them on TikTok and YouTube shorts. And there's like there's a now a meme blowing up because uh, it's Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy. And they're, they're doing this sort of back and forth about, like you know, what did you get with yeah. the role? And it's like some drink where she, Emma Darcy, uh, they're they're talking about the their drink that they that they like to drink. And it's like blow, it's like taking over the Internet like right now. Yeah, they've done a lot of those uh, like one on ones. Damon's done them with uh, other people as well. And they seem to be really, really popular. People like the cast. <clears throat> so that's good. You know, I'm not much. Of yeah. What was guy. the what was the name of this episode? Uh, this was the ah, King of the Sea. Uh, let's see. Episode eight house of the dragon i've actually done a good job of knowing the titles because in game of thrones i never ever ever cared um but let's see episode <laughs> i absolutely typed in episode nine and there's already a million uh theories things it. yeah things people, for it right what are we what, what is happening with the civil war this is so funny here i'll get the i'll get this pulled up because it's a it's a very cool um Someone called it last days, but I don't believe that that is actually what it's called. This is uh, easily the hardest I've ever had to look for the television uh, for the episode name. I bet someone's already said it in chat. Thank you, Lord of the Tides. Lauren, you are the MVP. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right here. Thank you, Patty Constant, for being the absolute best king we could have ever asked for. I mean, just crushed it this season. Crushed it. So, so, so. And I'm really unfamiliar with him uh as a as an actor i think he's in peaky blinders maybe is that he's the in the one? outsider the stephen king adaptation everyone hated for hbo that i thought was like at least okay um he did great in yeah. that but i'm now i totally want to see him in more in more stuff yeah. and he's so he's so just phenomenal at playing a king i i want to get this guy in you know <laughs> i mean obviously he's gone now in in westeros but get this guy in i don't know the witcher or wheel of time or rings of power or put him in some know. more uh ren fair attire yeah something because <laughs> he's just so so good in the in this role it was uh really heartbreaking to see his last words you know be my uh no more and then my love and then you kind of hear the breathing stop um so i assume next episode i didn't watch the next episode uh sneak peek but i assume next episode we'll uh we'll see the preview was the the preview for next week was very fast paced, and I sort of, you know, I don't going to go really into super spoilers. Just talk about what's in the preview for everyone who saw it. But it was actually it, it didn't it actually didn't go the way I thought. It's just sort of chaos, sort of chaos. Just just well, a lot of chaos. Bro, Running around action, people attacking each other. We talked about it though. Remember episode nine historically in Westeros has been the climax episode. And the person who did episode four, which I thought was phenomenal, is the same person that is doing episode nine, which I think bodes very, very well. Um, so this is, uh, man, there's a good chance our biggest oh shit moments will come next week. Uh, and then 10 will be dealing with the fallout and setup. I mean, obviously, there'll be some big stuff that happens in episode 10 as well, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I cannot believe there's only two episodes left of this season, Matt. What? Um... Oh wow! I'm just trying to think. Yeah, there's only. Yeah, I was trying to think. What are what are the what are the episode nines? So obviously, Ned Stark's death in Game of Thrones is one mm -hmm. of them. I believe Red Battle Wedding. of the Blackwater is. Battle or, is I, think I think Battle of the Black. I think Battle of the Blackwater is season threes. It's either season two season or season two. Three. Uh, Bla so Blackwater right. season two episode nine. Episode nine isn't isn't um the battle at Castle Black a se a season an episode nine. I believe so. Reigns of Castamere, which is Red Wedding, is also that. Um, let's see. Battle at the Wall. <clears throat> Isn't, uh, I think, I think another one is 
Battle of the Bastards, I believe, is 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 season six, episode nine. Yeah, I believe that is correct as well. Yeah. So if we keep in tune, which I think they're going to, I think next week is going to be Pandemonium. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. And and great. And good point. <laughs> it's yeah. brutal. Great. Great. A great comment here. The fact that I have to wait another for another season is brutal. Yes. Yes, it is. It's so, so, so insane that we have to wait for for, for another one. Um, just some more comments here. Damon is kind of fading. He did. I mean, obviously, he had a huge moment. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty today, big today. But he did. He did. Uh, he has taken. I don't know. He did take a little bit more of a backseat. It did feel like earlier on the, the it was very, very focused on him. Mm-hmm. And he's had moments in these last few when what was it? Damon was like chuckling at some uh, at some oh, the prayers the prayers yeah they're like praying and he's just like laughing it's like oh my god Dude, he just he gets he's so savage yeah and, and I actually disagree Jason I think that uh, he's actually had pretty good development in this episode because seeing him crown Viserys to me is right. like the best moment so far of the season so I think that shows that sympathetic side of Damon a lot more uh, especially his dialogue's been his, yeah his dialogue has been, has been toned back to be fair yeah for sure and they're not gonna be able to focus on people every single episode because um, even though it's a tighter show as far as like the scope goes there's still a lot of people that they got to get around we didn't see uh, Laris at all this episode what's he up to uh yeah we didn't see him he is in the preview for next week mm-hmm. and Viserys actually has been sort of back uh taking a back seat for the past few episodes i mean he's been there but and then this was his episode this, this was yeah this was this was sort of his his episode for sure yeah the crowning of Viserys Viserys taking uh the throne like is like i i can't stress enough as you all know now what did you think what did you think of the uh phantom of the opera mask he's he was rocking today i thought a crab feeder like half like immediately right because we i'd seen the pictures from Mm -hmm. it but um i just it was just kind of cool because we've never there's nothing in the books about that about him having to wear some sort of mask because his face is deteriorating i mean he he uh he was grotesque i mean <laughs> somehow the mask was almost as frightening for me than when he took it off which is weird um also i just kept thinking about the mechanics of like how does he chew and have food in his mouth when he has a big hole <laughs> i mean he was it's 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 straight up it's straight up harvey dent i mean it's i'll pull up let me yeah. pull up two-face from you know from the dark knight because it is i mean i was like boom it is it, that is just immediately somebody said uh, that patty is the ice king or the night king <laughs> <laughs> god i hope not what if they make yeah that? like oh that'd be terrible. yeah like right here let me get this let me get this pulled up here uh, i don't know it's on somebody's uh tom or pinterest or something but um like right there like so when he turn in, in in the dark night when he turns his face over and you see it's mm-hmm. two face for the first time i mean especially like the jaws gone and everything i was like yeah it's just so much what it reminded me of same you know same same totally the same energy of course obviously in that movie he's uh you know like a super villain and it's sort of the other way around here where you're supposed to feel terrible for him yeah um tk had a pretty cool comment here said i love that his mask was on the same side of his face as the high towers and greens in the dinner showing the fake and real sides of the family hey some was... would argue that rhaenyra's side's fake there i mean there we go and the way they're portraying allison gives you some cause to sort of believe her and feel and feel sorry for her and that's something i'm interesting and i'm interested to see what the chat thinks too is especially for any of you who've read fire and blood or any of the histories, because they're, they're doing a very, very good job of, I mean, they're going a a totally different route with Allison. Yeah. Do you believe, so obviously Rhaenyra says, you know, I'll see my kids back to Dragonstone and then I'll return on dragon back. And Allison says me and the King would both like that very much. Did you feel like Allison was being genuine in that moment? Cause I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yep. Yes. Yes, I did. Now I'm beginning to question Fire and Blood because the funny part about that is that it's written by a maester who is favorable to Allison. Hey, you know, Mushroom throws in some digs too, you know. I... <laughs> um, do you, uh, 
I mean, who this episode you didn't I didn't really feel like Allison or Rhaenyra, if you can if you're viewing this from either side, felt like an aggressor. This it really felt like wow, everything up top is finally coming together and it's all the kids that are gonna go mess yeah, everything yeah. up. Yeah, the, the trauma that they put on their kids early in the season is gonna come to bite them, you know, in the ass. And then you do have to wonder, like, again, with Allison becoming very religious and feeling like she is so righteous and then getting you know, Viserys talking about Aegon and all these things. Like, I, I just wonder what the tipping point for her is. Is it that? Is she going to go full ham on that? Or is is it going to also be Otto? Because I don't think Otto dug any of this. Otto hated everyone this episode. He was just pissed. Um, though he did smile at the dinner, and I thought it was creepy. He didn't really have... He, he only had a handful of lines of this episode. But again, another thing where they, they cut to the facial expressions, and he... Um, you know, crushed it for mm -hmm. for his role. We didn't get very much Kristen Cole. This episode really was all about Aemon. I I felt like for me, I mean, it's Viserys's like final yeah, episode. It's his, but episode. I I felt like they were very much gearing this towards. Oh, here's Aemon, and here's why he's going to be a big deal going forward. I mean, yeah, he is yeah. just staring down those kids all night. Yeah, and that subtle standoff with Damon was was very right. important. Very, very important. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think they established the kids really well, especially Rhaenyra's kids were established more so. I know that, you know, when I got the Valerian uh, speaking uh, lessons and then we got them at the dinner and stuff. But even here, I felt like they were a little bit more solidified than they were in the past episodes. Uh, I need more dialogue from Otto Hightower, though. I think that actor is tremendous, and I really want to see him, like, I want to see an auto focused episode, possibly. I think that would be really cool. I, I think that's probably coming next week. Mm -hmm. I would imagine yeah. that we we'll, we only so now we only have two episodes left. And yeah, we have we have two episodes left. Episode nine is tor is typically the bigger um, the big the bigger one. So my guess is that next week is pure chaos. <laughs> and not, nothing nothing my guess is that next week nothing really happens it's gonna it's gonna feel like something something big is is gonna happen but at the end of the day nothing big is really gonna happen and episode and episode 10 ends with somebody getting crowned so so you feel like they are not gonna follow the typical climax in episode nine I just I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like the final shot of this season is going to be somebody is somebody going to be sitting on the Iron Throne. It's like that's how it ends. It's like somebody sits on the Iron Throne and, the, and then that's like the, the cameras right on their face. Hmm. And then it's like, oh, my God, I, I can't wait because now yeah, it feels like all hell just broke loose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a great final shot as well. I'm just wondering how they could ever spread it out to where or that could be climaxed. or that could be the or that could be the end of episode, the next episode. And then, yeah, the final one be just because it, I just, you know, we like um, and again, I will say it now. Spoiler territory for anyone watching or listening. So you feel free to tune out because we kind of need to go into spoilers a little bit here just to what? talk about it so you have been warned you um but you know i mean this whole deal is a targaryen civil war and it all comes it all stems from the death of king viserys which we just saw and the the war over the uh, the war of the throne alicent's side and rhaenyra's side is is what this whole deal is about so how do you what do you do in like a final episode? Because I guess I'm trying to think here. So Ned Stark dies <clears throat> in episode nine of Game of Game of Thrones. I guess episode 10, Rob Stark gets it gets crowned king in the north. Yeah, you're going to see like a major, major event, I think, in episode right. nine. And you could still do the crowning episode 10. So it's this very big symbolic like climax and has a bridge to the next season. But I think we're going to see some uh, wild stuff because remember, like the dance hasn't actually kicked off off yet. You right. know what I mean? So I feel like there's still some uh, fireworks to be had before we get the uh, the crowning moment. Right. See, I almost thought that it would end with Damon before the series started. I almost thought it would end with Damon and Rhaenyra getting married. And that hmm. might be because before we knew how far they were going to go, like, cause we thought Viserys might exist until season two. I always thought that would be a good place to end season one because then it was like, okay, 
now these two are joining forces like oh my god things are gonna get real serious yeah so i always thought that would just be a good place to end it now i just kind of don't know unless we sort of have the tournament in which you officially have like the blacks and the greens but that's just not like i don't know that's just not to me super i don't know super cool i i because game because the problem it's hard to compare it to Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones season one ends and a lot of the seasons you have so you have everybody in so many different areas that you mm-hmm. can kind of just be like now we're gonna focus on this person's huge epic story. So like season one ends with Daenerys and the dragons. Season is it season two ends with them ranging beyond the wall maybe i'm trying to remember i know one of the seasons one of the seasons ends with Arya getting on the boat and going to bravos of course season six ends with Jon snow being crowned king in the north like that's like the final shot of like that whole that whole season which is my single favorite moment in all of game of thrones so season seven ends with john and daenerys on the boat and it's like oh my god they're together that hooks up so there's all there's so many things but this story is so less spread out i just don't I just don't really know where you do it. You almost have to show each side and you have to do like a back and forth or something. Well, uh, one moment you could save for the end of the season is assuming Corliss is okay. Corliss coming back. That that, that could be a major, a that major could be. moment. You could have Corliss. Yeah, Corliss Flarian comes back. Yeah. Do you do something? Do you do something with do you do something with Lane or Valerian? Maybe they, maybe, maybe we show somebody over there finding it because that's like so, such a big deal now that he's still alive. Yeah, I can see them maybe doing it. I feel like I, I would hope that it wouldn't be him arriving back or something like that. Cause it'd be no, I don't think they would do that. I think, I think it could be somebody in Essos finding him. Yeah. Yeah. Or him in, in Essos getting do sh- word. Do we show right. maybe like a, maybe do we maybe show a dragon hatching? Ooh. That could be cool. Also, do what we... about Damon grabbing the dragon egg? I know it's such a small scene, but it was really cool. Oh, yeah, that was super, super yeah. cool. Such so. such a cool scene. Do we at all show anything in the north and this threat of that that they talked about? Or do is it just something we know exists? I think it's an undercurrent. I don't think we'll see anything from it. I, I, really? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't okay. think so. Right, okay. I, right now I'm actually working on a right now I'm working on a video and we can do a bigger a bigger theory on it at some point do uh, and this is kind of an offshoot but uh, just to just to bring it up will we at all see a three eyed raven in this show will there be any uh, alludes to it or anything yeah I think so um, because they're having way too many good conversations in front of the werewood like Rainey's and um, and uh, Rhaenyra have that conversation in the werewood like every episode the the werewood has been talked in front of almost uh that is going to matter a lot i think i think so too yeah well and the and the interesting thing about that is of course is uh and the 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 theory i'm sort of working on here is just, it's a show only theory because of course it's brendan rivers in the book so it's blood raven who isn't born yet but in the show game of thrones they never at all say who he is yeah. Never, there's there's no alluding to him being a Targaryen, Blood Raven, Brandon Rivers, any of that stuff. So in theory, it could be like the same guy if you wanted to go down that route. Yeah, they could do a show only version where it's the same guy. They absolutely could do it. So I'm just interested because they have shown us a lot of stuff in front of Weirwoods. They've again talked about this threat from the north and the prophecy. And the big deal is, and that's why this prophecy is such a huge deal, is it comes up. It now causes me to go back and we should do a big mega breakdown on this to go look at so many of the other events that happen from now until Game of Thrones that this Targaryen thing gets passed down from. And now we can sort of view it and realize it because it's they've brought it up so much. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought maybe we'd get a a bit of it at the end of the season but like it was mentioned twice in this episode and it's obviously something Rhaenyra has thought about which is which is important I think um, and now Alicent also has the secret right I mean she kind of knew about it anyways but like now she feels like she is also personally involved so like they're not going to have both sides have that knowledge and then not use that as a focus point later 
so I think that we could absolutely get some weirwood creepiness, three eyed Raven stuff possibly. Um, and then it would likely just be into the show only Canon hat, um, which is cool. I think it's fine. I, I, I think it's obvious that they were going to um, connect it to the best rated. I shouldn't say rated, but the best uh, grossing show of all time. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, anything else, Jimmy, anything else we want to dive into it other than just, just gush about how great this episode was. Um, I will say, and thank you to, uh, my UB two. I don't know who this is in chat. I can't say your name, but it says, uh, you guys noticed, beware of the beast beneath the boards comment from Helena. Uh, I know she whispered something, but I, I wasn't sure what she whispered. I didn't have closed captioning on. So bear aware of the beast beneath the boards. Um, you know, a video that me and Matt might have to do is break down every single whisper Helena, that Helena has this season and then maybe start trying to make some uh, guesses because some of them have already kind of came to fruition within their own episode. But there's some that I feel like could maybe have multiple meanings, which in yeah. A Song of Ice and Fire, usually that can happen. So and I will and I will still say the best thing, the, one of the best things about this show is that is it it has opened the floodgates in the books. To be entirely and to be entirely honest, like I sort of thought we were going to go into this and we're like, we know what happens. We know what's going to go on. You know, like we have the outline. We know this ends. It's going to be easy for us. (laughs) It has raised far more questions about the books than I ever thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. It it honestly makes Fire and Blood better. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah, it definitely, definitely, definitely does. So, okay, awesome. Well, with that, guys. Thank you guys for watching. I'll get the podcast up here uh, shortly. Jim and I will have uh, coming back, obviously, next week. You may have to squeeze in a Patreon episode or something this week. If you're free, Jimmy, Absolutely. we can uh, certainly knock that out. Um, yeah, and I have some theories and stuff, that are some TikTok content as well. You can check that out and YouTube shorts and all that stuff. So certainly uh, stay tuned for that. So with that, guys, as always, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for all the more content. Be sure to go check out Jimmy's channel, the Fantasy Network, because you're doing sort of bigger episode breakdowns in the middle of the week. So I think you do that Wednesdays. Yeah, usually it's Wednesday night right around 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, maybe sometimes 8.45. But, you know, at night on Wednesdays, I just go in and kind of get a lot of chat interaction for sure. So, yeah, absolutely. So definitely go check that out. And, uh, guys, we will be back so as always want to thank you guys and remember that winter is coming
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 